What's happening? I'm Yannick Gustala. It's the Yannick Gustala podcast. I want to talk about two things in this episode, two things that are very much not staged. Um, I wouldn't want to stage them even if somebody was paying me a lot of money. Number one, um, had a couple of days of like really bad food poisoning. Um, don't want to gross anyone out with any of the details, but it's not a lot of fun. I'm sure a lot of people listening have had that kind of stops you in your tracks, dehydrates the hell out of you. It's there's some recovery time. I'm still not a hundred percent, but I'm definitely to the point where I can get back to recording the podcast, get back to picking up the instrument and sort of getting back to life. Of course, there are other things going on in life right now. Not only is it December 23rd, so we're right in the holiday season, but as you all know, I'm a dad, have a young daughter, I'm a husband, I have a beautiful wife, uh, who also has a life and a career and all those things. So balancing all those family things, plus getting sick, of course, you never expect to get sick like that. Um, especially the food poisoning thing just kind of grabs you when you least expect it. Balancing all of those things, plus trying to still be a musician and being conscious of the fact that although it's the holiday season and there are kind of like some off days here, I'm sure a lot of people are experiencing a little bit of downtime. Even if you're like a super gigging musician, there are going to be a couple of days where you're like, okay, I can put the instrument down. I can relax a little bit, uh, enjoy the family, enjoy the holidays. I'm, I'm sure there are also people who are gigging like crazy. I know New Year's is a big thing. Anyway, I am super conscious of the fact that I have a couple of things coming up early January and I want to be in good musical shape for them. So number one, there's the food poisoning thing. There's all of these things I'm juggling. And as I'm sure you are all juggling as musicians and parents, husbands, wives, daughters, sons, all the rest of it. And the second thing is like, how do you, well, how do you combat that? How do you come back from the, the, the un, unexpected time off and the unexpected break in your consistency. I've been talking a lot about consistency recently on the podcast, a lot about practicing, a lot about how important it is to do a little every day, more so than it is to cram um, and then leave space. So this has been a forced leave of absence from the instrument. So what I want to talk about today is how I come back from that. And this is literally happening right now. If you're watching on YouTube, um, you're seeing me pick up the instrument for the very first time in quite a few days as my recovery is kind of kicking into gear, which is great. And I'm going to use, uh, I'm going to grab a bass player's guide to pentatonics um, and use a, a couple of um, exercises from that to see where I'm at, to really gauge where I'm at and see what I need to work on. When I come back from a break, I'm looking to do something simple and something repetitive um, but also something that involves a little bit of movement, whether that's me staying in one place and the chords moving underneath me, that's what we're going to do first, or whether that's the chords kind of staying in one place and me moving around and exploring new sounds. I'm sort of looking to experiment in one of those two worlds initially. Sometimes that will last 60 seconds, five minutes. Sometimes it will take three hours to where I'm comfortable to be like, oh, okay, I feel the movement coming back. I feel the muscle memory kicking back in. I get back to the real versus feel battle in my head and I get those kind of, those two things a little more aligned than I know they are right now because I know they're super off. Even if I feel great right away, I know I'm going to have to give myself a little bit of time working on this stuff because the, the layoff here, the forced layoff and the being sick, like the being sick thing and sort of losing a bunch of weight and being dehydrated and all that stuff – it's not great for you physically, period. Um, never mind, you know, you're playing. Um, so the playing definitely gets af uh, affected, I think, by the by the physical change in the body. As, as, as small as that might be, it definitely has an impact. So like I said, I'm grabbing Bass Player's Guide to Pentatonics. Um, I'm going to go on page 50. Uh, that's in section three of the book um, called Harmonic Expansion. And basically what I'm doing is using a pentatonic scale, in this case C minor pentatonic, and the harmony of a, of a play along which you'll hear me hit in a second. And the harmony is moving. It's a different pairs of chords. Um, but the line stays the same. Line is... That's it. So I'm going to keep repeating that idea over and over and over. Let me play you the... Uh, play along so you can hear what that sounds like. One, two, three, and... 
So as you might be able to tell, that first chord, C minor, going to A flat major 7. Then we switch it up to F sus, going to D flat major 7. And the line stays the same. Now E flat major 7, F7 sus. Twice on each chord pair. Now E flat over G. Ah, to A flat. Should talk and play at the same time. Now we stay A, A flat major seven. Then we go to F minor seven. A flat over C. E flat over G. Now the chords are going to move a little more. Now a different section of that. Back to the top of the sequence. Okay, so that's it. That's the whole sequence. It's 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 16 times 2. So it's 32 bars. It's eight basically two-bar phrases. Most of them are two chords, and then the last two, like you heard, are four chords and then one, four chords and then one. And that's it. <coughs> Already, I mean, I'm talking to you here on the podcast, um, speaking to the camera, with all these other things going on that aren't normally happening when I practice and when I'm kind of in the moment and really trying to concentrate on my playing. But even with all that extra stuff going on, I can still feel certain things in my technique that I'm like, ah, I know exactly what's happening there. I know what is weak and what needs work. And the benefit here is, is such a huge benefit of just being able to play the same phrase over and over again and sort of sit back and let all that harmony wash over you. Even if you're not taking in exactly what it is or you're not, you, your ear isn't saying, oh, there's this chord with that tension. It doesn't matter. I think that's part of the, I think that's one of the reasons I wrote this exercise into the book, first of all is that you you want to be able to feel and hear those things without having to analyze it in real time. You really shouldn't be thinking about chord names and about theory and all that stuff. So <laughs> just being able to take one phrase, <coughs> or excuse me, just being able to take one phrase and repeat it over and over again, something you really don't have to think about once you have it under your fingers. Super useful to be able to let all that harmony wash over you and then go back and, and, and identify things that are going on and be like, oh, you know what? That chord change, like C minor seven to A flat major seven. Oh, I, I recognize that. And that's from this song and that song. And I've played it in that song there. Oh, and I had to improvise over those chords. Holy shit. I didn't really know what they were. And lo and behold, I, I can use C minor pentatonic over both of those chords, like F sus and D flat major seven, for instance. And why is that? Let's do a quick harmony lesson here. In fact, before we do the harmony lesson, let's interrupt this very quickly because it's the holidays. And of course, uh, during the holidays, always Black Friday and Christmas, we run this huge sale at the website. Um, you can get a 22 percent discount oh and there is sms coming there's all kinds of things coming in uh, in real time here yeah you can go to yannickguizdala.com to the store and uh get a 22 percent discount on everything that's up there right now using the discount code end of 22 e-n-d-o-f 22 at checkout that's all the books all the book bundles all the line six presets and all the music all of my albums are now on my website they're up there to for sale as remember that remember when people used to buy music <laughs> what a concept so they're all up there um and you can get 22 percent off everything for the end of 2022 here use endof 22 end of 22 coupon code at the checkout and also the holidays i i always notice a bit of a bump in sales in in physical books on amazon because people are buying gifts and like i'm holding up here bass players guide to pentatonics has been flying off 
the, 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 the shelves of Amazon. It's always great. I appreciate the support. I appreciate that people are going out to buy those as gifts. And I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, well, why don't I have some sort of gift system going on at my website? Why am I giving up? As much as I appreciate everyone buying stuff at Amazon and it, I, you know, I totally abide by their situation. Jeff Bezos still takes 40%, which is kind of a mega cut. Of course, they provide a massive service and you guys get these books all over the world, which I couldn't ever possibly provide on my own. So I totally understand. I was like, why am I not doing some sort of gift thing? Because people, you know, they have friends who are fans maybe or they have friends who know that they want to buy a book or, or a preset or something or some music. So now I'm doing gift cards at the site. There's a tab on the store that says gift cards. They're linked below in the description of the video if you're watching on YouTube. Um, so you can go check out all that good stuff. This will run through New Year's Eve at 11.59 and then that's it 22 is over we're into a new year into a bunch of new projects i'm kind of i'm going to keep those a little bit quiet because i have two major projects besides the trio two major projects to talk about but we'll do those in the beginning of january so yeah everything is linked below in the video if you're watching on youtube or in the show notes of the podcast or you can just go to yannickwistala.com to the store use endof22 coupon code end of 22 at checkout and get 22 percent off literally everything on the store. All right, let's get back to this thing, to this harmonic analysis. Why does C minor pentatonic work over F7, sus4? And uh, that was actually kind of a 13 with a nine in it. But to me, that sounds quite sus. Not suspect, but suspended. And D flat major seven. Why does C minor pentatonic work on that? You know what? What I also did in the book, and let's jump to that now, because I love these. And there's just this... uh, let me wait. I'll show you on camera. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that auto plays when you come in. It was not that that I wanted to play you. It was... Um, I put these chords in. Where are they? I'm looking. I've forgotten which section of my own book that they're in. Are you kidding me, Gwizdala? I've I really have forgotten which section they're in. I was literally just playing them... And I've totally forgotten. And are they in the same section I'm in? Why did I switch sections? Is that what's happening here? Okay. Uh, sustain chord. Here we go. Okay. So this is why said we've got sustain chord. Here we go. Perfect. This is one of the chords we're talking about. F13 sus, F7 sus. Why does C minor works, uh, pentatonic work on that? I've put these. Uh, it's almost like I'm going to talk to you now about the calming presence of the minor pentatonic scale. As you drift slowly, but surely... No, you might be driving the car or something. Don't drift slowly or surely anywhere. Stay in your lane. Eyes on the road. Um, Let's go to why does C minor pentatonic work on that? Simple. Because all of the notes in C minor pentatonic, that's C, E flat, F natural, G natural, B flat, and the octave C are all well inside uh, F7 sus. We've got the fifth. We'll go minor pentatonic from the root to the root. But I'll call out what those notes are in relation to F7. So the root of C minor 7, the C minor pentatonic becomes the fifth. Then we go up to the flat 7, the root, the 9, the 4. Here's our suspension right there and up to the fifth. So they're all super inside notes of F7. That's why that pentatonic. for shapes and patterns and stuff within that so that's why c minor works over f7 it's the same concept for d flat those were the two chords i was referencing and lo and behold (coughs) i've given you a nice sustained d flat chord to play over and again i'll say i'll call out the notes and how they relate to d flat and in this case it will be d flat a major seven but Lydian as, as you'll hear in a second the root of our C minor pentatonic is the major seven we go up to the, the nine E flat becomes the nine F natural is the third G natural 
the fifth of C minor pentatonic is our Lydian note here, our sharp 11 in the key of D flat. Our B flat, our flat 7 in the C minor pentatonic is our 13. We get back up to the root of our pentatonic, which is the major 7 of our chord. All that analysis is like way more complicated uh, than you ever need to be thinking about. That's just the analysis, the reality of it. That's actually what those notes are. Um, that's their function. That, those are their names. Those are their relationships. And it does answer, technically answer the question of why one minor pentatonic chord works over both, C minor pentatonic chord works over both F13 sus and D flat major seven. And you can apply that, that same analysis to all of those other chords. It's more simple when you're on the root. If you have, if you have C minor seven and you're playing C minor pentatonic, root minor third, four, five, flat seven, one, A flat major seven, three, five, 13 or, uh, yeah, 13 or six, major seven, nine, one. Uh, what else do we have in here? Our third line is E flat major seven. So we have six, one, nine, three, five, six, or 13. Of course, these sixes and 13s and these nines and twos, they all have, um, depending on where they are in the voicing vertically, they have different names, but it's all the same note, all the same feel, all the same sound. Um, F minor seven is another chord in this sequence. So we have five, flat seven, one, nine, eleven, five. Um, we have, I put a couple of inverted chords in this sequence um, of A flat over C. So first inversion C and first inversion E flat. First inversion A flat, sorry. A flat over C. And first inversion E flat. And that first inversion E flat. It's the same association as the major seven. You would still call each note out the same way, which has happened to be inverted. And then it's just moving by a little quicker when we get to those four chords in one bar headed to the one chord in the second bar. So I have A flat to E flat to F minor seven to E flat over G to C minor seven. And then the next one is A flat. Uh, A flat major 7 to F minor 7 to E flat major 7 to C minor 7 or minor 9 to D flat major 7. And these are just, uh, for me, great ways of, again, letting the harmony wash over you, building confidence in the fact that you can stick in this one zone and make music with all of these, you know, they're not so crazy once you get into it, but initially you might think, oh, there's a lot of crazy chords moving around here and I've only got to play this one scale and they all work. This is not the one scale that works for everything type of bullshit. This is just this scale works for a bunch of these chords. And of course, you're not going to magically walk into uh, a song on a, on, a, on a recording session or a gig or something that has the same chords from this exercise and be like, oh yeah, this is from Yannick's book. I can just play this. You will have to do the work. You'll have to do this in 12 keys. You'll have to really expand your comfort level and your confidence to understand things like, well, when I have a major seven chord, like A flat major seven, for instance, oh, I think I've, yeah, I do have the poly sustain, the freeze pedal. When I have an A flat major seven chord, for instance, I have some options. I can play off the major third. I can play, let's talk about your minor pentatonic options, for instance. I can play a minor, minor pentatonic off the major third of the chord. So here we are, A flat. God, that is not great tuning. Um, let's play it lower. So I can play a minor pentatonic off the major third. So if the if the chord is A flat major, you know the major third the major third is C, so C minor pentatonic. literally just the notes from C minor pentatonic or if you want more of a Lydian sound to introduce that sharp 11 sound on the major chord still A flat major as you can hear sustained let's play off the major 7 so a half step down from the root so A flat major 7 G minor pentatonic <laughs> 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 
Because we get that D natural in there. And, okay, let's get rid of that. That's more than enough of that. That sustained chord. But just the, just two options right there, like every time you see a major chord, you have choices now to make different sounds to create different textures over that chord just using a pentatonic and that's something i like <coughs> that's something i really like about um exploring it this way and letting those chords sort of wash by in this exercise let's go back to this exercise actually um bah, 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 harmony workout 85 bpm it is play along number 36 jesus there are a lot of play alongs in this as well okay forgot about that so let's go back to that Okay. Okay. Um, uh, the first thing I, I want to let you know what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking about, what I'm trying to be conscious of as I do this, is not just my technique. Now I'm a little warmed up. I'm sort of kind of back-ish talking to you guys. I'm I'm having fun. I'm back doing the podcast. I feel better than I did for the last couple of days, puking my guts out. So I'm not thinking so much about the technique now. That doesn't, after all these years, it doesn't take me too long to get back to a place of comfort. It's nowhere near where I'd want to go and play a gig in a half an hour, but it's definitely like, okay, I can salvage what I missed over the coming uh, week and a half or so before I have to play again for real, you know, in public with other, with, with, with great musicians that I really respect. So, now what I'm thinking about as I get further into this and as I talk to you about it and remember things that I like about this, why I f wrote this freaking thing in the first place, why it's even in the book, I, disclaimer, uh, 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 spoiler alert, I guess, disclaimer, whatever you want to call it, uh, selfish, um, I wrote all this stuff because I love it. Um, I did all this stuff for me because it works for me and because I actually use it all the time. That's not a sales pitch. That's just exactly what the fuck it is. Um as is evidenced by the fact that when I get in this kind of situation, I go grab any one of these books on the wall and open it. And lo and behold, yeah, it's, it's, it's my shit. It's like the stuff I really like to use and like to sort of remember and reinvestigate and stuff that I know opens up my playing and reminds my ear to be open and reminds me to be super conscious of, of a bunch of really important things. So that's why I'm doing this. That's what I love about these kind of things in particular, repetitive stuff um, that really gets me thinking and concentrating on the right things, on melody, on harmony, on the association uh, of the two. And when we, as we go through this, sorry, this is a very long explanation to tell you what I'm conscious of as I go through this exercise. But I think it's important to understand that it's not just it's not not just about getting those notes right. That's the most inconsequential part of it i think i think most people listening or watching right now can probably play a minor pentatonic scale and maybe you can't do it at this tempo yet but i'm sure with 20 minutes 30 minutes you could probably get this line down so this is we're not pushing any sort of boundaries or limits here technically speaking um, but to me true technique has always been the control and the freedom to be honest within the harmony, to be melodically honest within the harmony or push outside of the harmony, create tension, release that tension. The bottom line is how to tell a story honestly and be completely creatively free. And it's little things like this that have really helped me get to that spot I continue to do this. I do the most basic stuff. I, I always go back to the chordal harmony. You've probably heard me this, heard me this, heard me say this so many times throughout videos and the podcast, but I, I can't help but reference it because I get so much feedback about it. And because actually until Pentatonix came out, it, that was like the, also the most, the, the best selling book I had as well was uh, Bass Player's Guide to the Galaxy, the chordal harmony book, the first one, the green one. And I had so many people telling me, hey man, I love this book. Okay, fantastic. Really appreciate that. But the overwhelming uh, feedback was like, I'm just still on the first exercise. Like, I mean, are you kidding me? And, and people were just saying like they were getting so much out of the first exercise. And the reason I'm like, are you kidding me? Because the first exercise is literally playing. 
it's literally let me get rid of the reverb here it's literally playing a major scale I think I put it in G in the book from G to G and from uh, uh, B to B and playing intense and that's something I still do like like I should stop saying like I've lived in America for too long I'm very happy when I hear that feedback because it it tells me that it tells me that the thing resonated with people, which is always great. Like, okay, you put the the right thing in the book, and it's great to open the book with that, and it's great that people give the feedback that they're still working on that. Not because they can't work on the rest of the book, but because it's such a simple idea, a fundamental element of playing chords on the bass, being in control of roots and tense or just roots and melodies in general and it's a great warm-up and it's something that reminds you about the fundamentals so i'm all i always like to remind myself of the fundamentals and build from there no matter how deep my knowledge gets of harmony or of melody of composition of arrangement of of classical music of jazz of any of that stuff i always like to remind myself of the how important the fundamentals are and how much we can still get out of them and i think this exercise is is probably somewhere in that ballpark in terms of it in terms of being so simple of a line and not that complicated in terms of the harmony that moves around it if you want to stay diatonic there are of course aren't a a limitless number of chords that you can use there are these chords i've adjusted them slightly to create more variation put them in inversions for instance um, but there are only like six or seven chords that you can use with that with that one minor pentatonic. But the fundamentals, the basics, and how much we can use that to create so much is just it is is always a great reminder. Especially when you're coming back from a couple of days of feeling like shit like this, and you want to ease back into the music and find some new inspiration. So let me play down this thing again. Um, let's see if we can get all the way through. Uh, at the top of the sequence there that goes around another once or twice it goes around a bunch of times maybe um now what i'm starting to feel uh like i said before i'm kind of back like the basic the fundamental technique is feeling not as wrecked as it did like literally half an hour ago so that's always a good sign the thing that goes the quickest and that's just not even just from being sick and taking a couple of days away from the instrument, but just from not playing live a whole bunch since, you know, since a few weeks now, since I was in New York playing with Steve in the studio and recording hard all day and playing that gig with my trio, the the stamina kind of goes. So it's good for me to cycle ideas like this. And in the book, it's not just all melodies. There's a ton of baseline stuff. Um, I want to do two more things out of this just to test myself because i've put it at a couple of different tempos so that was at 85 bpm now i think we have the same thing at 100 yeah a little a little swifter here let's see how we do at this tempo 
so bad i was trying for some different some pull off some stuff at the at the end there kind of scuffed up a little bit uh, one of the things i'm hearing as i go through this uh, at either tempo actually is just another reason why i put some of these chord combinations in there is because i love the way they sound and i think it's great to have an exercise or a process where you're repeating repeating chord sequences especially common ones especially things like this kind of five going to a one now it's a first inversion five it's it's e flat there's your five there's your five so a two five one kind of sound let's get in the in the let's really feel it in a flat Okay, so let's get boom. So five, five to one. It's it's going there. But instead of the root motion being five to one, the root motion is actually seven to one, natural seven to one. But it's E flat over G. So first inversion, five chord, going to root position, one chord. So just understanding first of all what that is basically that that is kind of a five to one but a little bit uh adjusted shall we say and then being able to hear that over and over again and there's no reason why you can't like download any of the play alongs the mp3s and stuff uh that come with the book and loop different parts of them if the you can change all the sequences you can mix and match you can completely rearrange all of it you could drop any of those things into logic and and cut and paste they're all on a grid they all have tempos with them so um really easy if you just wanted to hear those two chords for instance um you don't have to have a loop pedal or anything you could have a, a great play along of just five to one but actually natural seven in the room to one and just hearing things like that over and over again similarly the next one in the sequence is a flat major seven to f minor seven which is not a million miles away from something being super familiar so one six two five one but instead of the six being uh, dominant uh, wow it's minor and that happens often major one minor six minor two dominant five one so there are lots of common motions in here and actually the the next one in the sequence is a favorite thing of mine to do compositionally improvisationally i love to i love to use first inversion chords and move them around so a flat over c to e flat over g sometimes i'll just go randomly around the instrument And, and suddenly we're, we're into completely different territory and we might be into composition mode or, or I might just literally take those two and throw them to our... 
I have something in the loop already. What is that? Oh, shit. Okay, that was from some days ago. I forgot all about that, but I might I might take just those those two chords, the A over A flat over C and E flat over G. I'm noticing what the next thing is I'm going to need to get back to in terms of where I want to be at for the kind of gig I'm about to do. We're going to have the, like the first Bob Reynolds gig of the year, first week of January at the Bay Potato. I think that's January 5th, if anyone's in Los Angeles then. Um, but definitely I'm going to need to be on my game with the melodic stuff. That's what we do as a band. We do melody and we do harmony. So that is something that's going to need to be just on there's no off switch on that so as long as i'm healthy and have the time between dad duty husband duty and all the rest of it to to practice consistently over the next um couple of weeks or whatever it is until the gig that is something i'm going to need to be working on it's definitely something that 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 this pentatonic stuff helps especially with all this harmony moving around and but that is something i'm noticing right away when i put those two chords in the looper that my instincts aren't exactly as sharp as i would like them i'm not hearing the the response i would like from i'm just not hearing the ideas right away so that's not only a playing thing don't forget that's a a, a massive uh, part of that is is comes from listening so i perhaps want to adjust my listening things which was zero for a couple of days because i was just like i want to die uh and then it's been, you know, nursery rhymes. So maybe I want to adjust my listening to perhaps a little more on the Vince Mendoza side or the Rachmaninoff side. I don't know, something that's a little more on the melodic and harmonic side of things to get me back in that frame of mind and in that frame of playing. And just loose. You know, I don't want to force anything. I don't want to say, oh, I have to play like the Yellow Jackets or I have to play like, uh, I don't know, Lyle Mays or something. Actually, not too <laughs> not bad ideas. But I don't want to put myself in a in a box. I just want to loosen myself up and be ready to react. Ready to react honestly to what's going on around me. I think that's what we do best with Bob's band, uh, me, Ruslin, and, and Bob. We have someone is subbing for Gene. Christian Newman um, from Jacob Collier's band is subbing uh, for Gene on the 5th, I believe. I haven't played with him before. Looking forward to that. Heard him play with Kurt Elling a few years ago. Went with Chelsea to see Kurt Elling here in Los Angeles, and he sounded fantastic. So looking forward to that, but definitely want to be on my, I mean, always, doesn't matter who it is, it really doesn't matter. People I've been playing with for 20 years, people I've been never played with before, let's say. I always want to be absolutely in tip-top condition. Um, let's see, I haven't played this in forever, probably since I made the book. <laughs> what is this? single phrase through a bunch of chord pairs and uh yeah there are a bunch of them in here that's cool what am i saying that's cool i wrote this fucking thing but it's kind of fun to go back and rediscover it okay that's the line let's see how this one sounds one, two, three, yeah. 
I like this because it's two um, two bars of the same same chord. You get to kind of marinate a little longer. chords and another totally different flavor now of course I'm just playing like exactly what's in the book I'm playing the phrase I'm moving through the chords I'm doing the exercise what I should make an example of is what else you can do with this stuff like this is as i'm playing it i'm like oh i want to i want to step outside i want to take this somewhere else i hear another melody of course that's absolutely that's the next step that's the thing you should be doing with it after you're comfortable with the fact that you can stick in this one pentatonic framework go in and out use i don't know what are we using here we're using c minor again we're playing over all these different chords c minor a flat f minor seven d flat major seven b flat minor seven a flat over c d flat over f f sus f seven sus four all these chords my next thing is like, let's get out of here. I just mentioned that I want my melodic playing to feel a lot more honest and a lot more open and loose. So let's play a little bit. Let's get away from the line and play a little bit just on these changes. honest um i'm not a massive fan of the self-deprecating thing i'm not doing it for effect i'm just being completely honest it doesn't feel as i don't want to use smooth because smooth isn't i'm not particularly a big fan of that word um but it doesn't feel doesn't feel relaxed or honest yet that's just where i'm at with the process doesn't feel horrible you know it's okay it's possible if you heard it be like oh, okay dude knows what he's doing he made the changes he can play a little but you're not really hearing anything phrasing wise that's inspiring or particularly fresh or new or or, or or curious i don't think i'm hearing or feeling curiosity i think that's probably the key word there not curious enough with what's going on also one thing i will say is playing against a backing track like that where the voicings are very defined. I'm not playing with another human being who can react to me perhaps changing attention here and there on a chord. There was a moment where I played in the, on, on the D flat major 7 chord and I did I did kind of try and take it sharp 5 a little. I love that sound, of course, as well. Minor major on B flat minor seven instead of the minus B instead of 
minor seven, minor major seven. I like doing that as well. Now, if I'd done that live with, say, Ruslin in Bob's band, Russ would have heard that it wasn't a flat, it was a natural, would have comped with me. There, there, there isn't that looseness um, that I think – I think that's a little bit of a trap you can fall into practicing too much with, uh, with play-alongs and with loops, or even with a loop pedal, something I do a lot. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't do it. I think it's a really useful exercise and it's great discipline uh, when you want to stick inside the chords. But maybe I find when I use the loop pedal, I tend to give myself – Maybe only the, the root motion, and I'm implying the harmony on top of it, so I do have a much wider uh, range of places I can go. Or I'm giving myself quite a hollow voicing without too many tensions on it at all. Um, again, to give myself that upper structure option of melody and be able to choose. Do I want A flat, A natural? Do I want a on the D flat set, D flat major seven. Do I want a natural five? Do I want a sharp five? Um, if I'm only playing, actually, it's a bad example of using uh, um, of using the fifth. So if I want a hollow voicing, so there's no fifth in the voicing. There is a click in the bloody looper. What's that about? I'm not not a fan of that. It's a little better. but I can also go straight up and go A flat as well I can have a have a natural five in there and I feel I'm reaching I'm starting to reach for different phrasing stuff that is not so uh, cut and dried and straight up I'm reaching for it and I'm not succeeding. So that's sort of the next step. I'm glad it's progressing. I'm glad I'm actually feeling progress even in these few minutes. And sometimes that can be how quickly it progresses. I'm, I'm glad it's happening in the space of this episode of one podcast. I'm not forcing it at all. I'm trying to be completely honest with what the process is and how I'm feeling at, at each point here. And that felt like I was starting to reach for more curious things maybe not executing the way uh, I normally do. I don't know whether that's a good way to put it normally. I don't know. Maybe not executing to the level that... Interesting. Hmm. What is that level? Not sure. Okay, there's there's one to think about offline. <laughs> Try and explain that to myself before I explain it to you good folk. Um, but yeah, that can be how quickly it moves sometimes. And sometimes... I'm sure there'll be episodes, um, if there if there aren't already episodes of the podcast where it doesn't, the needle just doesn't move. And after an hour, I'm still stuck at the same place I was when I hit record in the beginning. And that is, that's just the reality. That's just all, all part of it. Um, I'm actually going to, another part of it is taking a break, putting the instrument down, um, even just the, like the physicality of wearing it. Um, I don't know, it's me getting old or something. I'm not sure. Uh, because I know I used to practice 10, 11 hours a day and not even think about it. Now i got to put it down after 45 minutes. Um, but yeah, that's it. Okay, so just to let you know, if you're playing along at home, if you already have Bass Players Guide to Pentatonics, I was working kind of around between page 50, 52, 54, like between page 50 and 55 were those particular exercises in this episode. If you already have the book... Um, that's, that's where you can follow along. Of course, you know, you get the play alongs and the videos and all that stuff with it, uh, through the link inside the book. And all of those play alongs that you heard me using in this episode are there. You can download them. Like I said, you can chop them up. Don't just stop at the exercise. Make sure you, you milk it for all it's worth. There's about another four books worth of material inside this one book. If you just 
turn it upside down or turn it inside out or, or look at it in the mirror. So many things you can do with it. And there's, there's really everything from like the basic scales and theory and patterns and all that kind of stuff through baselines, through baselines and fills, through chords, through like harmonic expansion, through advanced soloing. There's really kind of like the chordal harmony book. We sort of found a good arc in that book. And we've tried to put it into every book. So there's really, it's not like exclusively for super geek jazz nerds, the burning soloist. And it's not exclusively for complete beginners who are still trying to figure some basic stuff out. It's really kind of for everyone. And I got to tell you, I'm still using page one as much as I possibly can because that's a good place to get back in. Like, don't overdo it. I think that's something I, I was not great at in the beginning if I had to have some forced time off if, or if there was something, some deficiency in my playing, I, you know, I'm talking about like my early twenties here, like 20 plus years, oh, oh Christ, over 20 years ago. Um, I was not the most patient person you'd ever met. And I really like just bashed it, bashed it, bashed it. And, you know, I think I got through it okay on, based on brute force and ignorance. Uh, but that will, that only got me so far. And I had to, you know, quickly realize, oh, I'm going to have to ap apply some patience and some finesse here and a concept of process and like, what is my process of finding my process and knowing that as soon as I've found it, that process is going to change, if only slightly, be aware of the small changes in it. I think that's majorly important. I think that's something that has probably helped me the most is to understand the changes as it happens, there are going to be changes in your process as it happens naturally and understand the changes you need, not trying to get stuck to something that worked 10 years ago, five years ago, five weeks ago, or 20 years ago, or 30 years ago. Not it, it, Don't get stuck to something just because it worked once. Um, if ever you've heard, let's see, how do I say this without offending anyone? I probably don't, but... If you've you've heard the, the kind of bass player who has the one solo, you know, and that solo is often played with a thumb and it's kind of slappity, 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 and it gets to the kind of the same place every time. And it's exciting. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's not only is it exciting to play that, it's exciting for the audience to hear it and it's exciting for that 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 arc of energy to happen between the audience and the player and that it's so easy to get addicted to that and be like oh this is the thing that works i can do this every time don't need to worry about it. that's all taken care of uh, i think that's tragic i think there are so many people who haven't realized how much more they have left to give because they got to one thing that worked or they got to two or three things that worked i you know they, they take your pick Choose your musician. You know, there are musicians that literally have one lick. There are musicians that have one solo. There are musicians that have two or three solos. You know who they are. Uh, they're different for everyone. You know, you've, you've heard them. Uh, there are probably people I don't know. Um, people I do know, uh, they, 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 that story is different for everyone. But the theme, I think, is something you can probably recognize. And even... Even in some super famous musicians as well, you're going to hear they have a thing and that thing has worked for... 50 years let's say and it's been very very similar and the albums they make are and I'm not, I'm not just talking about bass players i'm talking about musicians period and the albums they make are super similar because they play for their audience and not for themselves i think that's another huge thing as well i talked a little bit about that in the documentary like my my focus always when i go in the studio is to play for myself and for those people in the room, for those people close, for those people hearing it in the moment, which is basically the other people in the band, the engineer, a producer maybe, the couple of very close, a camera crew, the couple of very close friends, like in particular on the, my last session this year for One Way Out, there were three of us in the band, engineer, and two camera crew, Antonio. So there were seven of us? I think that's it. Seven? that right i don't want to miss anyone i think it was just seven so literally seven people in this huge studio and that's that's what it was for and sometimes it wasn't even for them sometimes it was just i was just so in the moment and i was doing something i loved 
and that I believed in. And that was all that mattered in that in that moment. I'm thinking back now, like a couple of sense memory things are popping back into my head about moments I had in the studio where I was completely gone. There was nothing else happening around me except the music. And yet there, maybe the Tom and Nico were a part of it. Some There was one thing with Nico where it was just a duet. There was one thing with Tom where it was just a duet. And, and maybe there was one thing where I was on my own, perhaps. I don't remember. But there were definitely moments where I was not conscious of anyone or anything else but the music. And that tells me, regardless of whether anyone likes it or if I liked it afterwards, if, if I thought it was good or bad or what anyone thought, regardless of any of that, it means I at least know at the end of the day uh, it was honest. And I wasn't playing, I wasn't doing anything I didn't want to do, which is really important to me. I think that's important to music in general. I think that's maybe a, a, a common theme through anyone, uh, through through real artists, people who create art because of the art, not because of money or fans or success or necessity or or any of that. And when that can be the focal point, I think that's really important. Um, and I think it's it's the, it's the same. Yeah, we were talking about process, you know, like I think it's a real shame some people and some people I really, really, really like who are favorite, favorite musicians of mine that I know have like a million things more to give. But they do the same thing every time which is crazy that, that's crazy to me i think it's frustrating because i'm like holy shit i wish i was as good as they were you know i wish i wish i could uh, do all those other million things that i know that person can do and it's like choosing to ignore that shit and go and just keep doing this one thing i think that maybe that's the most frustrating point maybe i'm just jealous or something i don't know i don't think i'm jealous i'm not really the jealous type um and again, maybe ignorance is bliss, right? Maybe if you just, maybe that's their thing. Maybe they love that one thing so much that that's their honesty. Of course, that's an option. Um, it's a tough thing to ask someone, right? You have to word that really carefully. Like, hey, man, so um, you know that thing you've done like for 40 years and every album you've made sounds kind of the same and most solos you play are exact it, like what is that like, you just i want to ask like what is that do you know like that shit i want to ask them do you know like all those other things that you can do and could do but choose not to and is it because you love that thing so much that that's just your joy and that's you you, you it's so honest you know that you don't have to think about anything else it's it's such a a crazy thought, you know, such a crazy uh, equation, like balancing. I don't know how, I would love to know, you know, just because I'm always, I'm always trying to do something completely different. I think that's why I'm curious about it because I'm always trying to get away from the thing I did before. And sometimes I'm not successful at all. Like I've, I've made records that sound kind of the same, you know, I made a rec one at least one record that was just kind of phoned in and just meh, you know, for the kind almost for the not quite for the sake of it, but almost. And then, you know. But there's a little bit at least there's a little bit of variation. I can look back on my discography and be like, oh okay, so I was I, I knew I knew what I was going for at least. And I was uh, for the most part trying to do new things. And for sure now, even more so, of course, uh, I've I've been doing this maybe eighteen years making records, so not crazy long, not 50 years like some people, um, but long enough to have put out 12 or 13 records and be like, oh, okay, I kind of understand it a little bit better now than I did perhaps in my mid-20s, you know? Uh, so now at least the focus, I think, is probably in the, the right place for me and the right place for the art. And, you know, if it, if that's also in the right place for the audience, that's what a bonus. What a fucking bonus. And the fact that people listen to this and you spend you know, moments of your immensely precious time uh, checking out what I do, that is, does not go unnoticed. That is hugely appreciated. Um, on that note, let's call it, let's call it an episode. Great. Sneaking one in before Christmas, before the holidays. I hope everyone has 
a freaking awesome one. This is, of course, coming out Christmas Eve, a 24th. People do it all over the place, different presents on 24th, presents on 25th. In the States, where the 25th is the day. I know a lot of people, their day is today on the 24th, Germany, Denmark, a whole bunch of people. And um, by the time this comes out, it'll already be the 25th for some other people as well with the time zone thing. So um, all that to say, really appreciate you guys and girls of the base, the music world, just the guys and girls of the world being around to be a part of this. Don't forget the Substack. That's where everything is happening. That's where this podcast is being hosted. That's where you can always find all the information. That's my newsletter. That is, that's it. That's where I'm focusing all of my efforts of communication and of artistic output, both with the podcast and with the written word. And soon it will be tour date time. 2023 is shaping up for some nice dates around the world so i can't wait to announce that and already stuff in the book with steve smith for vital information 40th anniversary tour the album is done that will be out in not too distant future so yeah plenty of things on the horizon don't forget end of 22 e-n-d-o-f-2-2 is the coupon code at yannickwasdala.com at the store for everything 22 percent off for the holidays and don't forget those gift cards if you need a last minute gift for a friend a child, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, um, we're doing gift cards. I don't know why I never did that before. Um, and it really gives somebody the chance to get the thing they want. I always appreciate that. I got a gift card as a gift today, and it was freaking awesome to to like a steak place, like a, you know, order the steak. I I'm, I'm love cooking, and I love trying different stuff and cooking different meats and stuff. And uh, I got a yeah, I got a gift of that, which is was a great feeling. That sort of kicked me into like, oh yeah, I could do this too. That would be I'm sure people would dig that. So anyway, that's it. Um Yanagwasdala.substack.com. Yanagwasdala.com, you know all the places to go. And uh catch you guys again, girls, next week. Another episode. Mm-hmm.